The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody, welcome to another episode here at the Kick Pie Podcast, the podcast dojo for inspirational martial arts talk. I am your host, TJ Williams, fourth degree black belt in the Chuck Norris system, here to give you the insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing martial arts based subjects, and highlighting martial artists of all styles, past, present, and future. All right, for those who just joined me for the first time, this is a pre-recorded episode. So whatever I talk about in this episode, it's either going to done past or it's coming up, which brings me to um, say that to start this episode off, um, we are getting close to the Christmas holiday. So roughly two weeks. And of course, I hope everybody's getting their um, last minute gifts. You know, I guess Amazon is getting bombed. I know really then, uh, of course, mailing and delivery is going to be like crazy for the next two weeks because people are getting their last minute gifts. And of course, uh, now that um, the the year is almost to a close, I guess people are making lists of things up they're going to do once the clock hits zero on um, January or December uh, 31st, which is um, New Year's Eve. So hopefully everybody's not too crazy going out drinking. Well, I'm not going to go out. I'm stay home. Uh, <laughs> and as also, uh, just to give everybody an update of uh, my condition, because I've been giving people a heads up of my, cert, um, my knee recovery. So things are looking great. But uh, yeah, still got more to go. So hopefully for a new year, I'll be back to normal and I'll be able to be back in training and be ready for July. All right. So with that being said, I have a guest coming from Vancouver, um, British Columbia. That's on the west side of um, Canada. And that's a great thing that um, my um, podcast is getting is guests from um, the, across the border, which I'm always over there because, um, if, yeah, because I live on the west side or the east side of um, Canada which is um, around uh, Southern Ontario, Canada. And um, of course, this guest here, been in martial arts for six years, training in various martial arts styles, started at the age of 41. So just a lesson out there. It's not too late to join the martial arts, no matter how old you are. So yeah. So just like me, she's a podcaster, and she's also known as the Christ Shrimp. So yeah. catch your catch your um, clips on YouTube, um, Facebook, or even Instagram. And lastly, she's a, um, a performance coach in which she, her mission is to help people perform better in life as well as martial arts. So I like everybody to say hello to Sab- Sabrina Bleem. And yep. she's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yep. I mean. I've yeah. heard all sorts of pronunciations, so I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been crazy. No, I'm trying to make sure I get names right because I'm very oh, I'm bad with names. Sometimes. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, so how are we doing, um, Sabrina? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I love making these connections with other podcasters and other content creators and martial artists. So I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I feel like that's something that we should do more in um the new year. It's like really connect to martial artists out there and like. I was um, talking to um, the last episode, another guy from Toronto, uh, 
which is uh, of course an hour and a half from me. And uh, he mm-hmm. was talking about um, kind of bringing uh, martial art styles together, not as a act of competition, but just sort of uh, sharing ideas of like really getting to know other people's martial arts styles. So it's so great to actually talk to people like that that really try to build a community for the martial art um, for martial arts. Totally. And like, we're so much more alike than we are different. Right. And there's so much fighting online and we don't need to do that. Like we are one big, awesome community and there's so much, you know, variety and we all practice different martial arts and we all have different reasons for doing it. And I think that's awesome. It's so cool to, yeah, like hear other ideas and learn from that. Right. So, um, of course, have you been to Toronto before? I have. Yeah. Yeah. My parents, my parents are from Austria and they moved to Toronto first and they lived in the German neighborhood. So I I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. Oh, so super if, cool city. Yeah. So I didn't, you, I didn't live there, but yeah, I've been there to visit family and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So if you could compare um, Vancouver to Toronto, would you say they're roughly the same? Well, Toronto's a lot bigger. <laughs> it's a different vibe. I don't know. Like I've driven across Canada and back. I went on a big road trip once and it's like everywhere is so just slightly different right just slightly different um uh, like everyone's super friendly all the way across but it's just I don't know different culture little pockets of culture and stuff but I'd say um I think Torontonians seem a little more big city it seems it just seems like more big city worldly a little, little bit and I love all the different cultural ethnic neighborhoods in Toronto I think it's so cool to visit all those and learn about different cultures and I love that about Toronto yeah, the thing about Toronto is that the streets are so narrow and, and you know, that's oh. easy traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when I, the one time I went there, there was like torrential rain and like, like atmospheric rain. And the the family that I was staying with, they lived on a bit of a hill with the narrow streets and the water was up past the wheels of the cars. Like it was insane, just pouring down all the little narrow roads. And yeah, I, I, that's like such a vivid memory. But yeah. All the crazy little tiny roads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm like over in Canada a lot because mostly uh, I go to Comic Cons, go to wrestling shows. Oh, and, cool, cool. And, and of course, uh, my brother moved um, there um, like years ago and he got married. And um, of course, yeah. he lives there with his wife and the kids. And which I really am great, grateful that my um, nieces are growing up. And then really, mm-hmm. my, I had to worry about my 50 own niece, niece, though, but it's real great to actually see them and they oh, look very yeah. happy. Yeah. <clears throat> Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're going to get started with this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So, um, so we're going to, you're going to bring us back in time, um, uh, for your, um, what's your journey. So the first question would be describe yourself before martial arts. So basically who were you? Who was I? Um, I struggled with that actually find knowing who I was. I think when I was young, I knew who I was and I kind of lost it along the way. And like before I started martial arts, Um, I was married. I was helping my husband at the time run a body shop. It wasn't right for me. I had, you know, been in school, done a degree in dietetics, didn't want to be a dietitian. That wasn't right for me either. And, but, you know, like the one thing that was wonderful was becoming a parent, you know, having, raising my two kids. Um, But I was kind of lost with my focus and my purpose. And I knew I wanted to do something with people, like working with people, helping people, but I didn't know how that would look. Um, I always wanted to be a teacher of some kind, but I didn't pursue that. So yeah, I was a little lost before martial arts. Um, all right. So kind of getting into martial arts, what was that one event that got you interested in martial arts? I think right from childhood, 
my family was really into kung fu movies. We would go to Vancouver and go to Chinatown and go to these cool little theaters and watch kung fu movies. And it was the coolest thing. I love the magic, the enchantment. I always thought it would be so cool to to be like to get into kung fu and be able to fly and all the things that you see in these crazy movies, right? But that's that was like, you know, kind of interwoven into my childhood is that the 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 kind of magic of martial arts and movie and and you know I was I saw the original Karate Kid in theaters and so all of that I never really like myself pursued martial arts when I was young or thought about becoming a martial artist it just seemed like this kind of mythical thing right but it was super cool and I and um and when I was in my twenties though I got into uh, tai Chi for a short bit. A friend of mine was practicing and encouraged me to join. I did about three months and then I went on my road trip across Canada and I didn't have money after to get back into it. But um, I really wanted to try kickboxing or something more aggressive because I am an aggressive person, but I never kind of did it until I started in my 40s. Yeah, so definitely you say like uh what we'll say your push would be like of uh, other than like watching um kung fu movies like you did mm-hmm. yeah other than like that tai chi was it something else that like kind of pushed you into that um uh, martial arts? Absolutely. What a pivotal thing for me, my mom got diagnosed with cancer and I could not handle it. I couldn't cope and it was about a year of me struggling, like really really struggling with anger and uh grief and all of that stuff. And then I came across, I think it was the Facebook page for the dojo that I ended up training at. Um, And a friend of mine, he makes videos and he had made a video of a local or an in-house tournament. And I got such a good vibe. And, and, you know, I thought this is such a like fun family atmosphere. And my kids were both struggling at the time too. And my youngest was struggling with shyness and my oldest was being bullied in school. And I thought this could be a good fit for all three of us. You know, it could be an outlet for me for grief and dealing with my mom's cancer. And then, you know, my kids with the bullying and the shyness. And that's what actually was seeing that video on Facebook and then thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try karate. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the one push that people um, do well, one that gets people in martial arts, you know, that people get bullied and, you know, they're dealing with um, certain like uh, traumas. And um, yes. of course, yeah, like you're, we're still with um, your mother's cancer. So you have to at least kind of get away from that by doing something that's kind of kind of get you concentrated to get back in that um, road again. Absolutely. And like feeling strong again, feeling like I could handle stuff. And I, and like I had said how I was kind of feeling lost for so many years in my life and my marriage was, you know, not doing well. And I just didn't have my thing. I didn't feel like I ever fit in anywhere. And karate became that thing that just totally fit. It was an outlet. It made me happy again. Uh, I met this awesome community of super cool people, you know, and I felt like I found my purpose. Yeah. So of course with me dealing with this um, knee injury, I mean, this is like my first major injury that I ever have, but you know, at least I was prepared for it. It's like, if it ever happened, then I know that I'll be taken care of. But of course with with martial arts, of course, with my style, I mean, I already did all my physical tests for uh, my black belt tests. So the last, uh, of course I'm going for master rank next. So I don't have to test physically for that. So it was just a two minute performance in front of um, Grandmaster Norris. And then I just received my black jacket. And from there, I mean, I can go up um, six degree after five years or I could just stay at the same. <laughs> That's super cool. That's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So but yeah, with an injury, it's it's tough, right? Like, because it's this is what you love doing. And, you know, you got to 
heal though and it's it's hard to to take a break yeah yeah of course um i can't do any jumping i mean a couple oh, yeah. a couple of improvements i'm i'm able to get into a stance like a yeah. good like traditional stance but no it's just other things i can't do any jumping or running so that's uh, just yeah something i'm working on right now yeah all right so uh going into can you um give your um uh describe your first um lesson or a memory of your first lesson yeah, well, I we did uh, the dojo I went to, they offered a free first class just to try it out. And so my kids and I, we all started the same day in three different classes. So I spent the whole day at the dojo. And I just remember feeling so excited. And I was really nervous about starting because I'm thinking, okay, I'm 41. I'm not athletic. Like I've been working out, you know, for my my adulthood. But I was into solitary things like running and hiking and and I'd never been into team sports, never really comfortable. I was always really clumsy as a kid. And and so I just, I felt nervous about it, but I knew that this, this could be a thing for me, right? This could help me. Uh, and that first class, it was so much fun and everyone was really helpful and friendly. And we did um, basics. Like I learned, you know, the basic punches and blocks and we did kicks and walking kicks and partner drills and heavy bag work. And I just felt, I think I had this like stupid grin on myself, on my face the whole time. Cause it was just, it was so much fun. And I had done something that scared me. It like, I was excited to try it, but I was nervous and scared about it. And I did that and I overcame that fear and, and it was super fun and it, and it felt really good. So um, I know sometimes it can be really scary for people to try something new and especially with martial arts, because you worry about getting injured, which is, you know, a reality. We do get that. Yeah. We do learn how to handle a certain amount of, you know, getting, taking a hit and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, just taking that first class and trying something new and realizing this is super fun. Um, I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah. That's the thing about martial arts. I mean, it's more diverse, um, like now than it was some um, years ago. Cause you know, you got most yeah. martial arts styles. They wouldn't even share, um, any, uh, their, any of their secrets, like mostly. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like nowadays it's like, you could, it's like the world's more diverse. It's like, if you want to try this martial arts style, I mean, it's up to you. So with me, yep. I mean, I'm going looking at um certain martial arts styles and not to try them out, but just uh, get like a look of um how I could compare the style to mine. And, you know, it's like, I see the similarity, but you know, there's always some type of difference in stances, technique. Yeah. So right. that. And then every dojo has a different culture, right? Like there's a different vibe. And like the one that I trained at, it was really, I mean, everyone took everything seriously, but it was really goofy too. We could all goof around and be dorks. And and so for me, that's important in a dojo, but that doesn't work for everybody. So it's, I think, yeah, if you're wanting to try martial arts, it's really good to see if you can try a free class at different places and see what feels right, where you feel like you're at home, because they're all so different. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, right, so you um you take um various martial arts styles. So how how many martial arts styles have you um done so far? Uh, well, apart from I don't really count the Tai Chi because I only did a little bit. But uh, so Meibukan Gojiru Karate and Kobudo. The style is Ruku Kobudo Teshinkan. Uh, so I have a black belt, my first degree black belt in karate, my brown belt in Kobudo, and I have a blue belt in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. So right now. I had a falling out with my sensei a year ago. I was being stalked and uh, everything kind of blew up at the dojo. And so I ended up leaving. I was working at the dojo too. I was teaching, um, but all this, you know, 
tough stuff happened last year and I ended up leaving the dojo. So right now I'm training at home in the karate and the Kobudo. I can't do jujitsu without partners, <laughs> you know, so karate and Kobudo, I can do kata, I can do basics, that kind of thing. So one day I will find another dojo. I'm considering I'd like to try different martial arts. I think it'd be cool to try different styles of karate and maybe try BJJ and that kind of thing. So in future, maybe boxing too. I think that'd be fun. So in the future, when I'm ready uh, to get back out there, I'll I'll try different dojos and different arts. Yeah, it's almost like a pilgrimage. It's like you want to discover all. Yeah, you want to discover all these martial arts styles. Like, of course, you mentioned yeah. BJJ, and how is that yes. um, different than to um, Japanese jujitsu? What would you say? Well, the Jap, the- yeah, the Japanese is like BJJ's, you know, ground fighting and. Japanese jiu-jitsu, the curriculum that we, you know, for testing, we didn't have to do any groundwork. It was um, not for the lower belts anyway. It was a lot of, um, it's takedowns from standing. So you start off standing and it's the idea is like, say, if you're a samurai and you lose your sword in battle, you have to be able to, you know, defend yourself one, like without a weapon one-handed. So it started off where all the drills were one-handed, like one side. So someone grabs your wrist how to do a joint lock or compression or how to take them down, um, that kind of thing. And then lots of like rolls and that kind of thing. Um, I have, I don't have the best neck health. So that's where something with BJJ, if I start that, I need to get my neck a little stronger and more flexible because I tend to get a little creaky. But yeah, so Japanese is is more from standing. That's sort oh, of the difference. Yeah, because yeah, because right now with me, it's like my style is like um, involving BJJ as well as um, Krav Maga. So that's the thing okay, about cool. that's the thing about my style. It's, it's a hybrid um, style, so it um, derives from uh, Tang Sudo uh, Korean style. So of mm-hmm. course, uh, Chuck Doris decided to um, kind of modify everything from Tang Sudo and kind of make it his own thing, and also blend in other styles, which is also nice. It's like almost you're getting everything in the price, everything all in once. Yeah, you get like the best of everything kind of thing. That's super cool. I love that. Yeah. I, uh, so what would you say your favorite moment or moments are in martial arts? Um, Any of those connections you you build, like, you know, when you say if you, you go to a tournament and you're going to spar with somebody, you've never sparred with and you're kind of eyeing each other and sizing each other up and and then you get in there like I'm an aggressive fighter I'm a clash fighter I like to get in there and uh you know which which increases your risk of injury of course but it's fun for me I just like to get in there and I love getting in there with a really aggressive martial artist and you wallop each other and you're trying to you know you're trying to win um but at the end of it you have so much respect for one another and you know I've had some great made some great connections with people where we're fighting and we're hurting each other and then at the end, we can hug and say, wow, that was such an awesome sparring match. And we become good friends from it. So all of those connections, like when you that rough and tumble that, you know, we we do as kids, like it's so important. And I think right now, like kids, the way they grow up, they're not getting enough physical like contact with other kids. You know, it's more like on the computer and you, you know, no touching at school kind of thing. But I think like fighting, struggling, all that is so much like wrestling with your friends. It's those are when you make those connections strong ties with people right so that's i think my favorite part my favorite moments man just think about how you were talking about like uh we do they used to do things virtually like for the past two years when we had the pandemic um uh dropped so um of course it was difficult for even for me to teach kids on a computer knowing oh, that yeah. knowing that i had to be there like 
physically to see like check their stances, their technique. It's like, it was just impossible. And it's like, it was like, almost like I want to poke my eye out. Just. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Because like, there's so many little subtle details that you can, even when you're in person, you can miss. Right. And to have to try and do that through this, like that would be totally challenging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, of course, yeah. Going to your favorite moments. Uh, was one of your favorite moments of uh, getting your, a black belt in the style that you were doing. I, that was that meant a lot, and I think because um, because of why I started, that you know I was feeling like I couldn't handle the tough stuff in my life, and you know karate is difficult, and it is martial arts are difficult, and you're doing something difficult, and then you know at the end you feel like you've accomplished something really impressive, and so getting my black belt, I mean, I think getting my yellow belt my first belt was probably the most exciting one because it was like my first test and I was really scared and it was so cool and I love yellow <laughs> but um but the black belt it's like okay wow like yeah you know you 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 feel um yeah you feel proud of yourself and you feel like okay I can do I can do the tough stuff I can do that so yeah yeah, yeah that was a cool moment too uh, yeah. And of course, um, being in martial arts for six years, I mean, of course, uh, if it was going like 12 years now and you every time you put that belt on, you know that when people see your belt, it, it's not going to turn black. It's not going to still be black. It's going to be almost like almost white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you're wearing it. You're you're busting your ass. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Mine's still like it still sticks out funny. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's a that's what my belt looks like you know i got my be black belt like 18 years ago and it's just like awesome and then of course it's like turning like it's almost like it's ready to fade but you know yeah i mean but you see that you see your it's a labor of love and you see that right like you can see that on your belt that's so cool yeah and proper tie-in <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all right so can you like describe what what your black belt test was like like if you have a memory of that yeah well that was uh it was March of 2021. So and we, we weren't allowed to do any contact at the time. So it was kind of an odd test. Um, like in the, that association, the Maybukan Association, they do tests twice a year. And, you know, with COVID, it was just the tests were a little bit different. You know, we and we never did any free sparring or anything at any of the belt tests. That wasn't what we ever did. It was more you do all your basics, like your punches and your blocks and your kicks and combos, partner drills and then group drills. Uh, where you're walloping each other and then all of the empty hand and we do weapons weapons kata as well so you go through all of your kata and it's a lot of performing uh, um and so my belt test i remember i wore a mask i was drenched in sweat after like i could wring all the sweat out of that mask after it was so gross um but yeah we didn't do any contact which felt wrong to me like i love <laughs> I love contact. Yeah. Right. So I kind of missed that part of the test that, you know, hitting each other. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it, I busted my ass. I, I worked really, really hard and, and uh, I get really nervous for belt tests. I, I don't like belt tests, but it's, you know, so I, I really bring it. And uh, yeah, I worked, I worked my butt off and it, it felt really, really good. So yeah, it was, it was about an hour and uh, it was shorter than usual because no partner stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good test. And there was all the senseis. There was a panel of senseis from all the different dojos. Uh, the Maybukan dojos in British Columbia were there at the test. So yeah, it was, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. It pretty much kind of sounds like how the situation I was, um, this was like pre, um, pandemic, um, 
black belt test and it was like this was like my final uh well it was a pre-test so i mean i was the only one pre-testing like from my school and with our yeah. school we have like a regents so uh of course depending on like where the location of the test would be they'll like of course i'll have my pre-test with my own um school and then from there i'll go to another school and have that test so of course okay. of course i have my t- uh, pre-test in niagara falls and, you know, I was the only one pre-testing and, you know, I had to really bring it because I felt yeah. like I, I felt like I wasn't getting any rest. Because, yeah. Oh, no. If it's just you, <laughs> there's no rest. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, this is like the final um, test that I had to do. So I had to really bring it. So, yeah, wow. like you would say. And, of course, um, going from Niagara Falls to Boston to my test, like, like 12 o'clock in the morning to like 7 oh, o'clock in the morning. That was like, well, luckily I was like sharing a drive with my um master my master yeah. instructor and we missed two exits so luckily we wasn't oh, no. too late <laughs> and of course going back from boston there was an accident going to boston so luckily we didn't get stuck there oh. yeah so luckily so it, was a, it was a journey right it was a journey yeah i mean i guess the biggest test was getting to boston um safely so that was so oh, yeah um, yeah <laughs> Well, I'm glad you survived. That's awesome. <laughs> and such a memory, right? Like you, it's, you remember that, like just the, the, the nervousness, the, oh, am I going to make it? And yeah, that's, that's a fun experience. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's just me. Like I'm very retrospective. It's like, I can remember yeah. things from infancy, like uh, oh, yeah. just small things. And then, you know, I just look at it and just say that, that things happen, used to happen here. And, you know, I used to go here and you know this place used to be here, but now it's tore down. So that's that's just me. Yeah. Well, that's cool though. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's kind of talk about your current um situation uh, with uh the karate shrimp. So what was your idea for that? Um. Well, I was at the time. You know, I was going to that one dojo that I was working at, and I was on a tournament team and competing regularly in British Columbia and mostly Washington. And I, I was consumed by karate and I just wanted to do everything I could to get better at karate. And so, and we had uh, a counselor who would come into our team practices and she would do like sports psychology stuff, coaching with us and help us um, with all the little things around our training, like goal setting and habits and the mental game and all of that. And I got really excited about this. And I thought this would be cool to start as I started off, I wanted to be a blogger. And then I thought I could do YouTube as well. And uh, I actually started the YouTube to drive traffic to my blog. But then I quickly realized I really like making videos, which shocked the hell out of me because I've always I was always really shy when I was younger. Um, so yeah, it sort of came out of that where I started off focusing on like all the different things. Like I have a nutrition background and uh, I'm really interested in psychology and goal setting and stress management and all that. And so I wanted to talk about all these things. And then what it sort of changed over time now where I'm realizing um, people really respond to my videos when I open up about my struggles, you know, the stuff that I've gone through and I'm realizing how many people are struggling. And I So I'm focusing more on that stuff on, you know, being real about that and being open about that and, and kind of, you know, trying to help people get through all that tough stuff that they don't necessarily want to talk about. So, um, so that's where I've kind of gone with it. I do also have online courses in uh, one in healthy eating and one, a few in mobility. I've taken courses through NASM. So I've done personal trainer certification and corrective exercise. And so I'm trying to kind of bring together all the pieces to, you know, 
to help people improve. Um, but the mental game is really the thing now that I'm, I'm focusing on and, you know, just the struggles and that kind of thing. Yeah, I can pretty much relate with uh, what you're saying. As a, of course, you're a nutritionist, and just thinking about that, you're as a nutritionist. I'm a fitness instructor, so uh, yeah. of course that kind of fits with my uh, what I'm doing. I mean, of course, I'll be happy once I get back to teaching my classes in January. I oh, mean, okay. yeah, but, um, yeah, because really, when it comes to fitness classes, I mean, I need an army, so that's how I can <laughs> do like do exercise better. I can't do one on one. I need like an army. So you like to, I'm, yeah, you're a leader. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so most of the classes that we have over in Crunch, it's like mostly it's uh, you just stand there, just like uh, tell them the participant what to do. That I mean, that's not me. I'd rather be in front of my class doing the exercises with them, and oh, yeah. you know, I see watch for the ones that are struggling and kind of get them back on track. And usually, what I do for my classes, it's like I tell them like beforehand, it's like if you're dealing with any injuries or any limitations please consider the low impact and low intensity options. Yeah, that's smart. It's smart. And it really is like, because I think, you know, you you talk to older martial artists who have been doing it for a long time and there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of, I think, way back when, you know, it was like, I look at old tournaments footage and they're pretty rough, you know, and people are getting the crap kicked out of them and, and they're dealing with these injuries now. So I think it's, that's really smart. And it's good for you for showing different options to, to help people of different fitness levels and that kind of thing. And also it's good that you're, you're modeling doing it too. You're doing it with them and you know, that's, that's good. They need to see how it's done too. Right. And see that you're, you're doing it too. It's not just something they have to do. So. Yeah. It's that. like, yeah, I feel like it's like sometimes I have like a stop for a bit and then like kind of just like kind of almost do a lecture. So that's the thing yeah. about martial arts. Uh, I try to do less lecture and more doing because with with most martial arts uh, schools or should I say martial arts instructors, you know, they spend so much time like lecturing and not actually yeah. just instructing. So that's mm-hmm. the problem with most kids that they um they get so bored at um you lecturing that it's like it's not fun for them anymore. And they just next, you know, they just up and quit. Yeah. No, I, kids need to move. <laughs> they need to, you know, and, and yeah, it's, I'm the same. Like, and I, I learn better from doing and from seeing something done than I do from hearing it too. So yeah, I, I like that action, action. That's how you learn it. Right. So oh, I think that's smart. Yes. Uh, I know for some kids, it's uh, tough for them to go for like basic forms, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. you can't do a activity saying like uh like a toward like this is what you need to do when you're um actually doing a kata. It's like I kind of change it from if you're we're doing sparring in a kata form. I mean, this is how you do it versus um doing traditional kata where you're fighting from long time ago. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that's pretty much how I would teach the, my kid or teach my students. So, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, so. Who would you say you look up to during this journey? My parents, I think they're both gone now. My mom died last year and my dad when I was a kid. And um, yeah, they're not martial artists. They weren't, but but what they really valued was people, you know, and they were always really humble. They weren't into, you know, money or status or impressing people or anything. It was always about community and valuing people. And like we, you know, we had a small home growing up and, and, you know, we didn't have much, but everyone always felt safe and welcome at our home. And that's, that 
I learned so much from that, that value of, you know, valuing people above everything else, right? And and those connections with people rather than status and power and all of those things, right? And looking good to other people. Like I, I yeah, so I, I looked up to my parents a lot for that and uh, they really valued people, so... Yeah, I mean, definitely that's one people. I know I look up for a lot of people, but you know, it's your parents that you got to look up to because you know, of yeah. course, uh, um, I was raised by my single mom, and of course, uh, yeah. we, uh, we I am I am my brothers and, and sister, my older brother and sister, and I mean, they basically raised me too, so yeah. it's like almost double indemnity, you know. Not to say my father wasn't around as much, but you know, yeah, he was, you know, whenever I am um, in trouble, I would ask for his help and he would uh, never like uh, refuse, um, refuse that help. So it's just uh, nice to actually have some type of indemnity when it comes to yep. your, your family. Oh yeah. Family. And like, even if, if it ends up being, you know, your chosen family, right? Like some people, they don't have great luck with their own family and you find your family somehow like through martial arts or whatever. And like me, yeah, I'm a single mom now. And, you know, with my two kids and our two cats and, you know, it's like good for you for, you know, with your mom, like that's, it's it's a tough thing to be a single parent, but it's, you know, you have to be a good role model for your kids and your kids need to feel like they can, they can open up to you and come to you about stuff. So yeah, it's, it's important to have that family. Yeah. Was, I felt so lucky when I got injured that um, my mother was retired from working. So of course, um, but more majority of the time she was there for me when um, I was, um, of course, when I got my injury and they got my surgery. And just oh, check it, yeah. checking up on me, and yeah. just until I was able to walk on my own two feet, so it was yeah. just, it was just grateful that I have her. I could have like would say no sometimes, but you know, you know, when you some when somebody's trying to help, you know, you don't just you just don't turn it down. You just um, go for it. Absolutely, you need that help, and we don't like to admit that we need help sometimes, right? We want to be tough, but yeah, I think that's so great, and it's so great that you got that support too. Yeah, most definitely. I yeah. mean. And just also think about the uh, person like that's uh, like outside your family, kind of being like uh, your like your chosen family, pretty much. I just think of my um, master instructor, you know, being in martial arts for twenty six years, and he, I feel like he looks after me more than as well as everybody else in the um, Cray Dojo. That's that's awesome, and that's like that's something that I, I want. Like I I felt like I had that with my former sensei, but it it's it didn't work out and, you know, no tough feelings, whatever. But one day I'd like to have that, to have, you know, a sensei that I look up to and I can talk to about everything. And I think that's really, it's, we need that role model. Right. And that, uh, it feels good to admire somebody, right. And to say, okay, I want, like, you can do this and you're doing this, all this awesome stuff. And I want to do that too. And yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. All right. So before we kind of get to our hidden dojo segment of um, the interview, uh, here's the last question. Uh, what inspirational quote best describes your journey? Um, well, my own thing that I say, I don't know if I stole it from somewhere. I don't know, but uh, you're tougher than you think. You're stronger than you think. And that's gotten me through so much where I felt like I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't strong enough to start karate at 41. I wasn't strong enough to get through my mom's cancer and, and losing her. I wasn't strong enough to get through a really messy divorce and dealing with a stalker. I wasn't, you know, but I did, I, I did it. I was able to. So that is the thought that I constantly have in my head is Sabrina, you're stronger than you think. And, uh, you know, you don't have to feel strong all the time, but you, you can do it. You can do it. So that's been a big one. Another one is, um, 
I follow John Kabat-Zinn. He's an author. He's a physician. He started the mindfulness um, uh, mindfulness meditation program at uh, at a certain hospital. It was for using meditation to handle stress and to rec- to help you work through pain uh, from you know from chronic illness and that kind of thing. And he's, he's been like, you know, done a lot of speaking engagements and that kind of thing. But he says, you are not your thoughts, you know, and that's been something that really has helped me to realize, like, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in our heads, uh, the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about other people, really who we are, like, you know, it seems like it's always us talking, but sometimes like who we are is actually deeper than that. You know, we are grounded and we have like our center and, and, and sometimes we get lost up here. Um, but who we are is something kind of more level and and grounded than that so that's helped me a lot too yeah most definitely and definitely just um what was it's just like being stronger than you think it's that that's this thing about it's like i definitely have would say i get my strength from the sun but you know definitely if for some reason if i had to find that um sun strength during the cold weather which is i hate the cold oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if i had my luck i'd move to las vegas once the winter hits over here <laughs> Which it already did. I mean, we already got a, a snowstorm. So. Oh yeah, yeah. We have our snow starting to melt, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I get cold easily, so yeah. I have the heat on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have reached our um, um, hidden dojo segment of the uh, interview. So this is going to be the fun part. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to learn fun stuff from about uh, Sabrina. So she, well, she's going to answer these questions at the best of her ability. So are you ready for this? I am ready. Forget. All right. The first question would be the best advice you ever gotten and who said it? Best advice. Um, in grade seven, my grade seven teacher pulled me aside. I had my best friend at the time was really controlling and I was a really kind of quiet kid and I let people push me around and, you know, I wanted to get people's approval and she pulled me aside and she said, Sabrina, like the person you're hanging out with, she says to you, jump and you ask how high and she said you know you can do so much better than this you have so much more potential than this um you need to be strong on your own and you don't need other people you don't need to do things for other people all the time and this that stuck with me for years and um you know it it i had to work through that um a lot of you know kind of similar kind of relationships with other people to eventually get to a point where I'm like, no, 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 I need to put me first. It's like that, um, that scenario, like if you're on an airplane with your kid and it's the plane's going to crash and the oxygen thing comes down, who do you give the oxygen to first, your kid or you? And like parenting instinct would be, oh, my kid, right? I, I want my kid to get the oxygen. But if the plane crashes and you die, your kids on their own. So you got to take care of yourself first. You got to give yourself the oxygen first and then you can take care of others. Right. And that was kind of the messaging that my teacher gave me and and kind of what I've learned throughout is like, no, you, you give yourself the oxygen first and take care of yourself first. Right. So that's, that's been huge in my life. Yeah. Kind of, that kind of relates to what I tell my students. Like really when I tell them like why I usually tell them like when you go home, make sure you're training and you know, I don't have them train like for an hour a day. I mean, roughly it takes roughly three to five minutes to do good martial arts. I mean, I'm not looking yeah. for them to get a workout, but yet you got some of the kids that say they don't have time for workouts because, you know, they have all this homework and then yet they play with their friends. And then, you know, 
I asked him, I mean, what's what's your priority? I mean, is it your friends that um that can play with you later, or is it your 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 agenda, your um, martial arts, everything that's important to you? Is that mm-hmm. more important? Is that more important than your friends, or your friends are more important than that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, good thing to think about. Yeah, so really, it's kind of sometimes it's tough with um, these kids to get them to train and be ready for the next level, but yet they have set yet excuses, but yet I can always expect them to train all the time. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. telling them this is how you're going to get to the next level if you do what I ask, and if you don't do it, then you're going to be stuck in the same place. And mm-hmm. you know, that's what I usually say with um mostly mostly if you want to get so far, you got really willing to do try new things. And, you know, for, yep. for me, it's like, you no, know, I'm willing to try other things in martial arts, like go for a new style or maybe go for a new job. You know, I want to just hop, get those credentials, those hats. You know, the more mm-hmm. hats you wear, the more further you will be. Yep. Yep. And like you being a good role model to these kids and saying, you know, focus on you and your training and that kind of thing. They It may not hit them right now, but it could hit them 20 years later and they remember that advice you gave them and then it like they can put it into action like that sometimes happens like that's what happened with me it took 20 30 years for me to finally say no i'm putting me first and making myself healthy and strong first and then i can be there for other people um so yeah like that's it's it's really important that you're doing that and and sharing that with your with your students that's awesome yeah so basically that's a life experience uh, like how i live as a kid i mean they never was grew up in the 80s or 90s like i did but you know it's just telling mm-hmm. them this is how things were for me years ago and i'm just saying yeah just because things change i mean it doesn't apply to what is hap- what happened years ago so yeah i mean just t- telling them not to make those same mistakes absolutely absolutely <laughs> all right next question the worst advice you've gotten um, well, this is probably from my mom. Love you, mom. Sorry, you know, rest in peace. But um, she would always tell me, oh, you need more rest. You need to take a break. You know, you need to take time off. You need to. And I'm a really intense person and I get obsessive about things. And and I know like rest and recovery is super important. But I think, you know, if you're going to build something important in your life, you got to go for it. You got to do it. And also like, like in my marriage, my ex-husband was always focusing on the weekends and retirement and vacation. And and I think, you know, I don't want to create a life for myself that I want to escape from, you know, where it's like, I need to get away from it. I need a vacation from it. I need to rest. You know, I want to create a life that I'm excited to to do that work. And that's what, you know, I like YouTube and all of this stuff. It's so much work. It really is. Um, but I love it. I love spending hours editing. I love, you know, doing all that stuff and creating something that helps people and that has meaning to me. So, um, you know, if that means sometimes getting up early or, you know, um, not having, you know, vacations all the time, like I, it's worth it to me to do that. So I think for some people, you know, that works to have more rest and vacation time and whatever. But for some people, if they're more driven, that's not going to make them happy, right? You, you know, if you're really driven by something, do it. And, and, you know, you do have to kind of make trade-offs when you're trying to achieve something, there are trade-offs that you need to make. And sometimes that might mean getting up earlier than you want to. Sometimes that might mean staying in on the weekends so you can get more work done. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. So I can relate to like getting up early because, you know, I'm like an early bird, you know, usually I'm yeah. up like four o'clock in the morning, three o'clock. So, I mean, 
I don't plan on doing that, but it was, it just, it happens. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all I could think about while I was injured or out of work for two months is like, I wanted to get back to work. You know, I'm not, oh, the, type, yeah. I'm not the type of person that like to sit around and do nothing. I mean, I have to be yep. moving around. So of course, yep. other than trying to work on my recovery, I mean, I was just like preparing, like what I'm going to do when I get back to work or when, whenever I go back to teaching, I mean, I want to be prepared for my comeback and, do it like like it was um uh, like a party like anything yeah 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 like it, it means something to you right so you don't need to you can't shut it off right it's always going on in there and I, yeah i think it's great to have that yeah and speaking of um yeah having um that driven um ability um this kind of brings us to my next question what would how would you reward yourself i kind of call this the guilty pleasure guilty pleasure. Well, I don't know if it's, I I'm cheap. I don't like spending money, <laughs> um, but I, I love tech, like filming tech, you know, video stuff. I, I, I would love to have, I, you know, this is, yeah. So maybe not quite the right answer for your question, but I would love to just turn my house into a dojo slash production studio and have like super cool, like arcade games and like, just, <laughs> a super fun place and weapons everywhere and that's what I want but yeah if I if I go and buy myself something it's usually something practical related to making videos like I'd like to upgrade my mic get a nice good mic um uh you know upgrade my studio that kind of thing right now though I'd I don't know I buy Lego and snacks (laughs) chips and dip (laughs) that's my guilty pleasure (laughs) yeah so if you definitely build that um studio I'll probably be hopping on a plane to Vancouver just check that out (laughs) you know I would be I'd love one day to have a team and whether it's you know karate shrimp or something new and just have a team of people who love you know creating videos and martial arts and just working together I think that would be super cool so you would be welcome to join if yeah. I ever do that. Yeah, it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, because I'm definitely good at making videos. You know, I got TikTok, I mean, uh, Facebook. Yeah. I, like to, I like to be funny. So if you look at my TikTok, oh, yeah. so yeah, definitely I have I'm have an entertainment side for me because I feel awesome. that that was pretty much my childhood. You know, I was a goofball, hyper goofball. But, you know, yeah. sometimes I would get in trouble with it. But, you know, other times <laughs> I'd be getting people like cracking off their seats. I mean, it was just... That's just me. I have so much respect for that. Like my youngest, she's 10 and she's, she's so funny and, but she's got attitude too. Like she doesn't care what people think, think of her. And she's just, you know, um, but she's so funny and she's like class clown kind of thing. So yeah, I have so much respect for that. Like we need, we need that. We need that. I love funny people. You're great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like, I'm like to be ironic as well. Like uh, say, what you got like special coming up, what you think? Like special. Like do you Coming have like up? like a birthday or like anniversary? Uh, I just had a birthday. Um, 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 anniversary. I don't know. Yeah, my <laughs> birthday was a couple months ago. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, Christmas. <laughs> well, since it was like your birthday, I say like happy happy season premiere. So, oh hey, yeah. yeah. So that's <laughs> that's just me. If it's like. If it's somebody's birthday, I say happy season premiere. I treat it like, I like a TV that. show. Or if somebody gets engaged, I say congrats on your movie trailer. And then if they get married, <laughs> I say congrats on your movie premiere. Nice. So, yeah, I just make it ironic. And know some people sit, don't know what I'm talking about. And they're like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's just me being ironic. So whatever I that's just, fun. whatever I look at something, I mean, I kind of turn it into like ironic humor. So that's yeah. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So which favorite movie would you want to be in? Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Labyrinth. So with David Bowie, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be in that and, and like going through the maze and all the Muppets and uh, all the like magic and adventure. And I love that movie so much. I always thought, you know, I would love it if magic was real, <laughs> you know, yeah. if that stuff was real. So yeah, that's that movie. I would love. And I, I was thinking about that earlier that it was kind of like that, that movie, it's kind of like our journey. In life and our journey in martial arts, right, where you're dealing with all this stuff and you have to um, make decisions about what your priorities are. You know, at the end, is her brother more important or does she want, you know, power and fame and glory with with the Goblin King? And that's that's really it. Right. Like, do we want do we value our community and our people and those connections or is it about looking good and, and having power? And and it's yeah. So I think that's that movie kind of makes me think about life and and uh all the adventures and stuff we go through so yeah that movie that's the one <laughs> yeah i mean because like mostly my um teacher back in um grade school was i'm sure that movie as it was that movie and dune that um, oh yeah. Became a, <clears throat> yeah so i mean that was so, like that's definitely a good movie um labyrinth yeah, yeah. Love that one. Yeah, kind of, kind of almost cut, catch myself trying to sing like uh, David Bowie, but I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and you got to wear the pants, the tight pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually met a, a cosplayer that actually drew, dressed up as a Goblin King, so I stay. Yeah, I think nice. I have a picture of that. So yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll probably send to you, then you'll see. <laughs> do it. I love to see it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, secret talent. I can do a chimpanzee call. Not like a chimpanzee. It's really loud, though. Um, you might want to take your. Do you want me to do it? <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead. Maybe take them off here. I got to back up because it's. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> you might need to adjust the volume on that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's if somebody's listening to cars, so they could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's it. I. Uh, yeah, that's my chimpanzee call. And, you know, I can do the <laughs> as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a totally useless talent. Well, you, you got a chimpanzee. I got the gorilla. So, yeah. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, these connections. <laughs> yeah, I always used to call myself Kong Man because I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right, so... What's a dream celebrity encounter? Um, I think Jackie Chan would be a super cool person to hang out with. He seems like so much fun. So that would be great. I, I would love to just have him over at parties and just hang out with him and just watch him do his stuff. So yeah, Jackie Chan would be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> what, about, I mean, what about you? What about you? What's your, what's your, who would you want to hang out with? And with all, with all the uh, celebrities I met, like the one person I probably would want to hang out with is The Rock. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Go strength train with him. <laughs> yeah, strength training, um, pro wrestling, and you know, yeah. just uh, play Jumanji without the animals oh, coming yeah. out. <laughs> Jumanji, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, and to see if he could introduce me to Kevin Hart. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know that's the thing about me. It's like if I'm um, getting into a big truck, I look like Kevin Hart trying to drive it. And then, of course, <laughs> if I get in a small car, I feel like Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> another. That's another person I want to try um, hang out with. Uh, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go buy a Papa uh, Papa John's um, restaurant and just hope that he shows up. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nah. All right, final question: Where do you see yourself ten years from now? Ten years from now, um, still on YouTube. Um, maybe starting another channel as well. I just want to do the YouTube. I just want to do the YouTube and do it forever and keep building and build up my, you know, have an awesome studio and uh, maybe have an at-home dojo. Um, What I really would love to do is build a dojo in my backyard. This is something that I've been thinking about and and teach out of it and, uh, you know, have a small school and do that from home. I think that would be super cool. Yeah, so I know that's gonna like take a lot of builds. I mean, you got like, oh. build an idea, and then you <laughs> yeah. know you got you got all these certifications that you have to get, or oh, like, yeah, so, yeah. like licenses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for now, I mean, YouTube for sure. YouTube, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So before we kind of close out, uh, is there any last minute words you'd like to tell our listeners out there? I think just you are stronger than you think. You know, and and there's incredible value in putting yourself out there and trying something new and scary and it seems difficult. And whether that's, you know, starting martial arts for the first time or trying a new martial art or pushing or, you know, competing for the first time if you've never competed. Um, But it's really those those challenging scenarios that that's when we grow. Right. That's when we get stronger. That's when. When we uh, we learn and and you know when we make mistakes and risk looking looking stupid, that's when we actually we grow the most. Not to uh, be afraid to do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so, so thank you, Sabrina, for joining me in this episode. I mean, of course, this is like the last episode for 2022, so I'm going to be really looking forward to 2023, and yes. it's gonna it's gonna be wonderful. So yeah, oh, it's gonna be great. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. All right. So I'm going to do my little closing for my episode here. So let's get ready for this. Uh, All right. For those who are just tuning in for the first time, uh, tune into my previous episodes on the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time. Or should I say, I'll see you in 2023 for a new episode of the Kick Pod Dojo. And I'll see you next time. And I'm going to make a bow. 